0: If you've ever watched an NFL game live or on TV, then you're used to seeing players get injured. People are tackling, people are catching, people are running. A number of different things can happen during an NFL game. Well, recently, Demar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills was going for a tackle against Cincinnati. And after his, his impact, after his, his tackle, he suffered cardiac arrest immediately on the spot. It was shocking. It was something that many fans and players alike could not fathom in real life. Medical emergency officials rushed to the field. They provided CPR twice before he had to be driven off the field and directly to a hospital. Thankfully, he is on the road to recovery. But the bigger point for me is that the impact that that had on his heart and what it means for him in life post the NFL. The NFL has a policy right now that you're given medical service, medical support five years after you leave the NFL. But what many people don't know is that if you're injured, that really has an impact on the contract that you have right now today with the respective team that you play for. Thankfully, the Bills have decided that they would honor DeMar's contract and continue paying him throughout the life of, of the contract because he's a, a second-year player, 24 years old, just started really attempting to make a name for himself. And while the narrative really could be, well, it's the NFL. He signed up to play a sport where there's high impact, where there's expected injury. What he did not sign up for was to have a heart attack. Today, I'll be speaking with a former NFL player to break down the human side of injuries in the NFL and what it means after you get injured. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Okay, it's time to commit. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Our guest for this week is Al Wallace. He is a former NFL player and the current host of the Al Wallace Show on ESPN Charlotte. Al has played for the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Carolina Panthers, and the Buffalo Bills. And I mentioned the Buffalo Bills last because the conversation this week is around Damar Hamlin, who recently suffered a cardiac arrest um, during a game with Cincinnati, literally a week ago. And at the time of this recording, Demar has been released from the hospital. He's actually heading home. I'm still, I'm sure he'll still undergo much monitoring. But this conversation is important this week because. I really want to discover what is the NFL's policy around emergency action plans, and who better to talk to than a former NFL player? So, welcome to the show, Al.
1: I appreciate you, Crystal. Thank you for having me on the show here.
0: Absolutely. So, you heard in the intro, I really want to, you know, share with listeners about what happened. Um, I think many folks, maybe some people saw it, maybe some people didn't, but really around how these injuries that I think America has been used to happening with NFL players why was this one different and what is the NFL's response or what should it be actually moving forward?
1: Well yeah it was um, you know it's one of those things to a a former player and I was sitting and watching it and it seems like a routine play. Matter of fact, when the play happened, just a 13 yard pass to T Higgins there in Cincinnati. And you see the collision, two guys go down um, and then, you know, someone's injured. So I actually got up, walked away to kind of get a refreshment. And then I come back and you can kind of see the faces and the responses from the guys on the field and the, it was different for me. So I played 10 years in the NFL. I've been down on the turf before I've suffered some injuries and had to be carted off a broken, dislocated ankle, just torn up shoulder, those types of things seen and suffered concussions. But this one was different because it looked like a life or death situation. It turns out it was when you see the bills, uh, medical staff out there administering CPR and I I tell you I've been probably 15 years removed from the NFL and just to see the looks on the face of the players and the coaches and everyone involved it touched something in me uh you know organically that it it brought up this emotion that I didn't know was there even removed as far as I was so I think the NFL has done a great job of putting staff in place emergency personnel on the field so that they can handle and tackle some of these severe injuries that the players suffer. But nothing that I've seen in my 10 years in the NFL as cardiac arrest out there on the playing field.
0: You know, I followed a lot of the commentary that happened after, you know, his injury. And one of the things that I was really struck by was that the players decided that they did not want to continue. Typically, After an injury occurs, obviously there's a break. You go to commercial break while, you know, medical officials administer support um, and the game continues. Maybe there's a brief break, but the game usually goes on until the end of the game. But this one was this injury was so special and I don't know if that's the perfect adjective, but It was so shocking, I think, to not only people watching, but players that they decided collectively that they did not want to continue. And I'm sure you also saw commentary, people talking about, you know, injuries happen all the time. The game continues. But can you just like share with us? Why do you think that players decided that this one, this injury was different and we're not going to continue um, because we really want to ensure the safety and support of DeMar more than, you know, going out and entertaining fans to continue the game?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, Crystal. I think it it all boils down to... Uh, people like me who've played the game obviously the guys the the 53 men on both sides that are on that field just not being equipped for that situation and it sounds strange because i started playing football when i was 9 years old and You know, you get knocked down. You don't stay down. There's so many cliches that uh, you hear over the lifespan of a career. And we are prepared for broken ankles and ACL joints and the concussions that we've seen. uh, A lot of different injuries. And throughout the course of my time playing this game on uh, Pop Warner level high school, when guys get injured, even in practice, you move the ball up 15 minutes, you keep going. Right. We're prepared for that mentally we've trained for that mentally and i think to have a guy have to get his heart resuscitated twice and the guys being so close on that field they weren't equipped and you saw the outpouring of emotion um so i think what i saw and what i felt even not being there in cincinnati on the field was what are we supposed to do how are we supposed to feel because We all go out there and I play defense and my job was to inflict as much punishment on my opponent as possible. And I did that. That's how I played the game. That's part of it. And I know you're going to keep hearing that that's just part of the game, but we all expect to get up and go home to our families and our kids and our responsibilities. No one wants to see a guy who can't get up off that turf. And I talked about it uh, for the last week that the scariest part, because I've been down, I've been on my back and I know a lot of guys who have, most of us have, but not to be able to get up was the scariest part of it. And, And, I thought it brought everyone together, whether you were a player, whether you were a fan in a lot of different ways. So a uh, very scary moment. But it was all based on the reality that those guys weren't equipped. We had not prepared for that. And as creatures of habit and routine and, and all the practices we, we do, we weren't prepared for one of our brothers not to get up off of that turf.
0: Right. There's also been talk about just the NFL support, you know, post injury so I think, you know, in this particular case, cardiac arrest is, is like you said, is different than a broken ankle or, or you know, an arm or elbow. Um, but what about, what about the support that the NFL can provide players, particularly if they're not able to play again? I mean, if I'm not mistaken, this is his second year in the NFL. Is that correct?
1: It is, yes. He's a second-year player uh, for the Buffalo Bills, so he hasn't been around very long. Uh, He has not reached the point of three and a half years where he's going to be covered by a pension, so a lot of factors there, and I think the Buffalo Bills already petitioned the NFL to go ahead and honor the remainder of his contract um, as a a show of of good faith and support to DeMar and his family, Uh, so that's one step. That's something we have not seen because we're not The NFL, when I say we, the NFL is not set up like baseball and it's not set up like basketball where the contracts are guaranteed. Mm -hmm. So the moment he was injured and no longer able to go out there and play, that that contract really is void. And I thought the Buffalo Bills uh, did a great job of saying, hey, we're going to take care of DeMar. We're going to make sure he's okay. Don't know what his future is in the NFL, if any, even if that probably is the last thing on his mind. But uh, I thought that was a great, great sign from that organization. Well, yeah,
0: that's great. That's the least they could do to support, obviously, someone who's put their physical stature on the line um, for the organization. Do you know, at least at this point, if the NFL is prepared to implement those type of policies for injured players moving forward, or is this, you know, is it? Is it by is it on a team by team and a case by case basis that they were able to make that you know judgment that call about Demar? But are they able to implement this you know organization wide you know league wide that if a player gets hurt um, regardless of his status and his year you know on the team years in the in the game years on the team that they're able to guarantee contracts? And the second part is that a um, Financially savvy move for teams, because obviously we're also talking about money that's involved as well.
1: Yeah, it's not. And this has been a a huge debate uh, and and a source of uh, soreness between the NFL Players Association and the NFL owners group. Uh, how are guys like myself that have gone through and put their body and their health and their brains in harm's way really for the entertainment of, of the masses? And how are we compensated or taken care of, to say the least, post-career? Um, our health insurance expires five years post-career. Wow. So five years after we finish playing, your health insurance is you no longer have it. And for a lot of guys who don't go into second careers and now you have to go out and pay for health insurance, which is a, a big financial burden. But also your body starts to break down later in life because of some of the, the things that you've put it through in your 20s and early 30s. So it's it's one of those things that it's very flawed. They do have uh, neurocognitive benefits. They do have workers' compensation Uh, things that you can apply for, but they don't make it easy. Mm -hmm. uh, As you can imagine, they don't make it easy for guys to go out uh, and go and seek these ways to be able to financially take care of some of the medical issues that will pop up along the way, the arthritis, the knee replacements, the hip replacements. I've seen it all. Um, And and then a few years back, they uh, were trying to do these concussion settlements after kind of the world was, was let behind the, the curtain, so to speak, on how the brain is impacted by the, the physicality of the game, and right. the impact to our head. So um, they've gone back, they've tried to clean that up. I think less than 6% of all applicants have been rewarded under wow. that, that concussion settlement. So it's very flawed. It's, it's something that I'm passionate about. And I know a lot of guys are still involved with the NFL Players Association, trying to make this better for us post-career. I'm 48 years old, got a, a long life to live, hopefully, but uh, the NFL doesn't do us any any favors on trying to help take care of the bodies that were broken on their fields under their logo.
0: Right. And and the thing I I'm listening, really just saying, wow, like five years after you leave the NFL is not a lot of time. Um, also, when you talk about the concussions, are you also referring, is that the same thing as CTE, which I, I've heard that acronym a number of times? Um, is that this is CTE in the concussion settlement? Is that the same thing that you're speaking of?
1: Yes, yes. Okay. Yes. So the, the the term CTE, and I know a lot of people may have become familiar with it. Uh, Through the Will Smith movie. Yeah, Uh, that's where I heard of it. The doctor's name. Yeah. So, you know, the brain goes through trauma and the concussions, they add up. And you've seen a lot of um, really sad stories uh, about former players taking their own lives or passing away at an early age, early, you know, 50s, late 40s, because of some of the brain injuries that we've suffered. So the NFL came out with a concussion settlement that you can go and get diagnosed, you can go through, you know, neurocognitive uh, testing, uh, some CAT scans, a bunch of medical tests over the course of, you know, several months, and you can be diagnosed as mild, moderate, or severely impacted. Um, And you can't test for CTE, unfortunately, until the brain is removed from the body. So you don't know you have it, but there are signs and markers to point to it. And so, yeah, they've they've made it really difficult for guys uh, like myself who want to go and and test your brain and test your cognitive ability at this stage. And you hate to say reward it, but compensate it because, Mm -hmm. you know, we have families and we have kids and lives and our health is going to decline. And uh, how how are we going to be able to still provide and and take care of our families um, once we're not able to sustain a, a, a great level of cognitive health so it's a it's a scary thing it's it's a really volatile situation between the former players of course and the owners and you know the powers that be that don't want to have to take care of all the guys that made them those billions and, and provide entertainment each and every Sunday at one.
0: yeah I mean because what I'm also hearing you say is that this sounds like just for lack of better terms, like a churn and burn. You know, I had you in here, you were great while you lasted. Maybe you lasted, you know, 5 years, maybe you had a longer career like 10 years or 12 years. But after your career is done, again, we'll take care of you for 5 years, but injuries are lifetime. Some of these injuries are lasting much longer than the health insurance. And is there if there's not a, a ability for you to apply for disability? Even though you may still be able to go on and have another career that's obviously not NFL related, but the ability to apply for some type of ongoing um, medical compensation or medical assistance, that seems to be a deep flaw that the NFL absolutely could fix. Right now. And it's, you know, obviously, we're having this conversation because of the injury that, you know, DeMar just faced. But there are injuries that are happening every single day, every single week, um, you know, throughout a number of different games. And once those players go on, those injuries are, are long lasting. And that's something that the NFL seems like they could do. They could fix that right now.
1: They can uh, and they should. And uh, that's that's the, the fight. And, you know, it's it's hard, you know, with any type of insurance claim or any kind of benefit that comes out of their pockets that people have to contribute to where they're not getting anything in return and they can't see it on the back end. But. You know, there are too many uh, faces and I have too many brothers and, and of course, part of too many former players groups. And then you see the bodies decline. And y- y- the hope is that the NFL and the ownership groups and, and, and owners of these organizations care about the men that, um, you know, gave our bodies to this game that we love. And it's voluntary. I mean, right. we understand that. But I think as, as we or get a little older and you, you, you learn a little bit more and everyone becomes not just us, not just the players, but you know, people like you, the the general public, um, how dangerous this game is, um, that something has to change. Something has to to be done because it's, it's unlike any other sport where we are, you know, having car wrecks 50, 60 times a, a game. It's literally that, that violent, um, So, you know, you hope for change, you fight for it like anything else in this country. And uh, you hope that you can make it better for the next generation that's that's behind us.
0: Yeah. And one of the things that I was reading, you know, like I think I brought I brought this up at the top of the show about the emergency action plan. Um, But it's shocking to me that the NFL didn't have this in place with each team. Prior to Demar's injury where now, you know, because of this this EAP or emergency action plan, both medical teams from, you know, both both respective medical teams will meet before the game really just to, you know, align with like what happens if someone has an injury, you know, who responds and all of the kind of the, the need to knows. But why wasn't this already implemented? Like the, the fact that there's this announcement that you know, the NFL is implementing this strategy, you know, after his his injury. It makes me feel as a person who's consumed football as a person who's watched it. um, like, what did the NF like, what were you guys doing before? like if if this plan did not exist or maybe it existed, but it wasn't in this iteration of implement implementation, how were, you know, two teams? coordinating and talking with each other around injuries and really, again, making sure that the people who are out here putting their bodies on the line, they're being cared for on this back end or even on the front end ahead of games.
1: Yeah, this this one is tough for me because I, I, I see that and I see that there is a plan and it feels like a new plan. Okay. I, I think it's a revision of a plan okay. because when I re- my final year in the NFL in 2007, Uh, I was playing for the same organization, for the Buffalo Bills, and um, I tear up my shoulder 10 years. I'm 32 years old. That's it. I'm retiring. A couple of weeks later, to kick the season off, uh, a guy that I played with on the Buffalo Bills, a tight end. um, What's his name? Gerald Everett, right? Tight end. He runs down on kickoff. He runs into a wedge, drops his head. He's down out on the field. And they have these plans in place. They go out there right away. Um, It's a spine injury. And what they do is they pack him with ice on the field to kind of cool down some of the swelling and the inflammation around the spinal cord and really Mm. saved him from being permanently uh, paralyzed. So I I think I think there's plans in place. I know a lot of medical personnel, obviously the trainers and the staff. And you saw a bunch of those guys going out there um, that the Buffalo Bills honored before Sunday's kickoff of their football game against the Patriots because they admitted that administered that CPR, they understood what to do. And I think it's revision and some of it is going to be revision around how do you proceed because of everything that happened, right? Two teams really mentally in shock, honestly dealing with, PTSD and trying to figure out how that is supposed to work. But I give a lot of credit. Again, I fractured and dislocated my ankle. They were on the spot. Um, I was in jeopardy of having my femoral artery cut off. If that's not fixed right away, Mm. I could have one foot, you know, it could be amputated. Uh, So they were on the spot. They communicated. Those guys are professionals. They understood what to do. Some of my favorite people in the organization were the athletic trainers because of the time, unfortunately, that you spent with them. So I think it's more of a revision. I think you revisit these things. You, You take out some of the things and update others that, that um, are more applicable, especially with this new situation where a guy has a chest impact at the right moment in the heartbeat cycle to really stop his heart on the, on the ground. So Jeez. heads off to the medical personnel, but you're talking about lightning striking and having an injury where a guy is down and, and having to have his heart resuscitated twice is absolutely amazing. And those men and women you have to give them credit for the response and the, the cool hands that they had to be able to get in there and get that done um, under those circumstances.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I think, thank you for clarifying that, you know, the policy has been in place. Maybe this is a revision, but also just acknowledging how important, um, you know, emergency medical staff are in situations like this and why those type of staff are critical to every single team. Um, you know, we hear about trainers, you know, helping you stay in shape, massaging you. but we don't really think about, you know, and 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 I, I didn't I didn't mean that there was no pun intended by that for the massage, although that has been in the news. <laughs> but I mean, you know, just thinking about, the prep to prepare one's body. And then, you know, obviously the deep, the decompressing after a strenuous game, but also the care that is, you know, provided during injury and post injury is just as important and critical. And, you know, I think if, if, if we're doing this, 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 you know, topic service, we do have to highlight how critical and important the medical staff that were present. And the medical staff in the hospital, you know, played a role in the ongoing recovery of DeMar and other players that have also been injured, you know, in in future games and in games to come.
1: Yeah, they're literally first responders. And and I know I've heard them be called that, um, you know, a few times through this process over the course of of seven days Uh, to be so cool under those circumstances surrounded by. All the people, you know, looking on and and praying and hoping to go out and get that done. I mean, we travel with orthopedic surgeons. We travel with a number of medical personnel. I can't even describe unless the athletic trainers that are in place for each team, a head trainer and probably a staff of three or four assistant trainers. I don't even know if the players realize how equipped they are for these types of situations. We go to them because, you know, our knee is sore and to tape our ankles and, mm-hmm. you know, dislocated fingers, things like that. We know it can get more severe than that. But I think when you have the trainers that have been um educated and as skilled as they are to be able to go out there and and save our lives if needed, because that's Uh, What this game is about, Uh, uh, you know, we could put ourselves in those situations. I promise you, when I was playing, I did not know um, that those guys could go out there and and take care of us uh, that way. So it's amazing. Every team has that staff. I know we had two or three orthopedic and other kind of medical doctors that traveled with the team that were there at home games that were right on the sideline. They're usually the guys in the expensive suits and Rolex watches, of course. But <laughs> okay. look, they get out there and get it done. Yeah, and uh, they're on the spot. The they they have the ambulance and and everything else right mm-hmm. in the tunnel in every NFL stadium. So this is a physical game. It's a violent game, and we know that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we've kind of so we've kind of made ourselves okay with the risk um, of going out there and doing that, but it's never too far in the back of our minds. And I think DeMar Hamlin and seeing him down on the field, um, you know, brought those emotions up and guys that maybe most of society looks at that are not human, that we're invincible. And it, and it showed you, I think at least for me being a former player, it made us human again and it right. showed that emotion and it allowed a number of guys to, um, you know, show the power of prayer and what they can do when all of us join together. So it was good in a lot of different ways. Unfortunately, of course, you don't want it to have to happen with a right. tragic incident we saw a week ago today.
0: Absolutely. And I think, you know, the last thing, too, is that one of the things that I think that this incident, you know, one, it brought unity, Just among, you know, people and all of the feelings that have been had over the years about the NFL and about the way that it treats, you know, its players, but also in media. Right. I've seen more um, people who are hosts or, you know, spokespersons and who talk about the NFL or talk about sports really speaking out against some of the vile things that have been said not only about like the situation but also just about the non-continuance of the play and i appreciate when people have you know big platforms and they use it to educate audiences and further the conversation in a more positive way but also you know we live in call out culture cancel culture and we have to stop you know nasty comments and things that are not helpful to the good of, you know, a tragic or not a tragic, but a, a really sensitive subject like what happened with Damar. But, you know, having people like yourself and others speak up about their colleagues saying the wrong thing, making the wrong comment. That's also important because we have to, you know, what what the media says or what commentators say, people pick up on that energy, people pick up on those words, and we have to, you know, correct them and show that this is a time to be sensitive and not to just think about, you know, the larger game at play.
1: It's a difficult situation. It's a difficult situation from uh, the athlete perspective, because we know we're out to entertain. We know that's part of the job. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a certain amount of entitlement that comes with being a fan and purchasing a ticket and paying for twelve dollar beers that, you know, you feel like whether you're a fan or you have a platform where you think, you know, the the shut up and play mentality, it, it persists and you have to try to tune that out and fight through that. And, uh, you know, for people out there, you can never make them understand um, that fraternity and, and what it feels like to kind of put yourself in harm's way. And I think the the overwhelming kind of thought is that, hey, you guys get paid millions and millions of dollars to play a kid's game. Just entertain us. And, uh, you know, you, you just you're human. And when you see us in the grocery stores and at dinner with our families and kids and, and, and wives, you maybe you don't realize that and you want an autograph but this is a real situation and a real young guy a 24 year old that was trying to make a name for himself like we all did at one point in this career and he goes down and his life will never be the same and the lives of the guys that were on the field that were impacted by this even myself that had to see something like that and unfortunately that night my son fell asleep he didn't make it to see that. But the next couple of days, you're trying to have the conversation with a young kid, six years old, that's looks up to dad. He knows dad play football. You're trying to help him process and understand it. So yeah, the, 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 the culture out there of looking at athletes is not human as things that should entertain only and not have a voice and that are not real and have real uh, lives. Once they drive away from the stadiums uh, that you pay for uh, with, with tickets and beers, like, It's tough. It's part of it. And, you know, we we have uh, mental health personnel on site all the time that started even when I played. Um, So these guys are able to kind of process it, move on, move through it and do what they love to do. I mean, this is a job. It's fun. We all did it since we were little kids. Uh, But hopefully this sheds more light to the general public. That um, this is real. This is it could be life or death. And we saw it a week ago. And, and thank goodness. Demar Hamlin walked out of a Cincinnati hospital today and is back in Buffalo.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is a remarkable turnaround story, literally just a little over a week after it happened. And so. I am just so thankful that you took some time to come to the show and share with listeners about your perspective as a former NFL player and someone who regularly commentates. And you have your own show talking about the NFL. Um, Just hearing your perspective is very interesting because you're you're close to the game. You were in the game. Um, and so I just want to say thank you again for for joining and really to just leave you with any last words that you think, you know, let us lay people who don't, you know, haven't played in the NFL, but maybe we're consumers again, we watch it, what we should, you know, think about moving forward as we watch, you know, players put their bodies on the line every single Sunday, Monday, um, you know, playing football.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it, Crystal, and, and being able to share your platform with your audience uh, from a different perspective. I, I talk sports all the day, all day uh, X's and O's of the game, and my audience is into that. They love to hear that part of it. They're fans. I'm a fan. Uh, so to be able to talk about the real part, the human part of, of sports, of athletes, and, and some of the things we deal with both physically and mentally uh, means a whole lot to be able to have that voice, Um, here today with you. I think the lasting word that I want to share with everybody is uh, that we're just like you, that we're human. And uh, to look at with what a group of guys in communities in Cincinnati and Buffalo and all the teams across the NFL were able to do once they were able to come together, that can translate to so many things, whether it's politics and religion. I, I think when you have a singular focus on something good, and I think our prayers for DeMar we're good. And we could all agree on that. If we can somehow in this, this society put some of those differences apart for however small of a moment it is, we can accomplish a lot of things. And I think praying for DeMar, uh, feeling that the way I felt in my body, on my couch, 48 years old, 15 years retired was incredible. And it shows you, showed me the brotherhood and the love I have and the understanding for the sacrifice. I think we all make, we get compensated. Let me not say that, but um, man, it was a huge sacrifice. And I am very, very, very thankful uh, that he was able to get up on his feet, get off of his back, get off that turf. Like we always talk about and walk out of that hospital in Cincinnati.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, So thankful that he is on the road to recovery. Um, And again, just thankful for you, Al Wallace for stopping by the show um, so just share your thoughts. And I liked what you said about the human side. You talk about, you know, sports all day on your show., um, but this is the human side of what happened and how, NFL players, former and maybe even some that are current, are feeling about this incident in this moment. So as we continue to watch um, Demar's recovery, um, we'll just you know keep an eye and continue saying prayers for a full recovery. Um, but thank you again for stopping by the show and giving us really an insider's you know scoop on how injuries in the NFL affect the day-to-day lives of players. So thank you so much.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you again for having me.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Crystal Knight Show brought to you by Newsweek. The best way you can support us is to give your five star review on Apple iTunes and be sure to check out our diverse lineup of over 12 different podcasts and radio programs at newsweek.com forward slash podcast. I'm Crystal Knight. Thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcast to the crystal night show.